Welcome back, witches and other cottage folk. You've just entered the underground rivers and bubbling springs of the northern Ozarks. Our cottage sits atop the warm, dappled ridges of a forested and field-covered hill, not far from kayak-filled streams and a private pond of singing frogs. Look around. You'll find swooping cardinals and slinking foxes, as well as a flaming phoenix, a fairy-filled oracle deck, volunteer firefighters, and white-spotted fawns at play. I've put the kettle on, and there's a lovely small jar of rosemary and rosehip tea in the hutch. Come on inside and enjoy a visit with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Today is Saturday, June 20th, 2021. The summer solstice, otherwise known as Midsummer or Letha, begins late tomorrow night at 11.32 p.m. here in the Ozarks and carries on for the whole of Monday. So you could consider either tonight or tomorrow night or even both as Midsummer's Night's Eve. The perfect time for a nice Shakespearean dream. This afternoon, we're going to discuss some simple themes and motifs you may want to incorporate into Sunday and Monday to acknowledge and celebrate this magical time. Welcome to Midsummer's Eve at Makepeace Cottage. Summer solstice time here in the Northern Hemisphere is the noon of the year, as we are halfway around the wheel and exactly opposite the winter solstice. So just six more months until Yule and Christmas. However, if you happen to be in Africa or Australia or anywhere down under, then it's actually Yule already and the shortest day of the year instead. Here in the Ozark Highlands in the middle of the United States, it's definitely midsummer, with temperature reaching 100 degrees Fahrenheit yesterday and shooting for the high 90s again today. That's 37 to 38 degrees Celsius or so. This particular one of the four Celtic fire celebrations is fun and joyous. It's a time of fruitfulness and abundance for all nature, including wildlife and people. The crops are all planted and growing well. The woodlands and forests have reached their fullness. Light has been increasing since Yule and triumphs on Midsummer Day. But the Holly King will meet and defeat his brother, the Oak King, according to Celtic tradition. So after tomorrow and Monday the sun's light will slowly begin to fade toward darkness once more as autumn and eventually winter approach. The two kings will meet again at Yule, however, and then the oak king will win again. By the way, another version of this story holds that both kings are not brothers, but the same man. In fact, perhaps two sides of the green man or the horned god. And I must admit, I've always liked the god with a good split personality issue going on. This year, the make pieces are definitely using the summer solstice as a happy excuse to gather our favorite fully vaccinated family members, which is pretty much all of them, and get outside. It's been a rough year, but this weekend, we can and probably should make flower crowns and sing and dance, laugh, and celebrate life. Button and I will be swimming with the girls, Charlotte and Moss, this weekend. On Sunday, then, all four of us are heading to St. Louis for our annual Shakespeare in the Park night. This year, it's King Lear, one of my personal favorites, but not the usual light fair one thinks of for midsummer. Still, any Shakespeare on this weekend of all weekends of the year is always a good idea. However you go about this weekend, think of the sun as representing the universal life force 
And whenever you're outside, soak up as much of it as you possibly can. And do so with intention. Know that this is what you are doing even as you do it. Pay attention to it. Let the sun warm you through and through in a variety of ways, but especially on physical, social, emotional, and intellectual levels. Swim, walk in the park, sunbathe, read by the pool or lake, barbecue, and picnic outside. Letha is all about summertime happiness and the height of the summer season, the very sweetest part of it, and all of that sunny energy flowing around and inside of everyone. Also, consider choosing your food, games, crafts, herbs, clothing, jewelry, scents and colors, and activities and decorations all based on a fanciful theme. I've got five of them you should feel free to appropriate for your own cottage celebrations. Theme number one, the sun. Monday is the longest day of the year this year. Sunrise is at 4.43 a.m. and it won't set until 9.22 p.m. The day itself will last 16 and one half hours, over twice as long as the brief seven and a half hours left over for nighttime revelries. This year, ruled over by a waxing gibbous moon, heading toward her fullness later in the week. I myself hope to rise with the sun and watch it travel across the sky all day long. That's the plan anyway, but I'm content with some flexibility in that plan too. That's a long day, so such a rigid adherence to plan might not be a good idea. All of us witchy and pagan cottage folk, however, should probably consider wearing either bright or pastel colors on both Sunday and Monday, especially gold, yellow, and orange, and red, possibly with a few deep purple or blue accents. Also, wear a sun or star pendant or earrings, if you have them, and one or more bright lava stone bracelets dabbed with droplets of essential oils. I'm a fan of rose oil on a red bracelet, orange oil on an amber one, and patchouli on green for this particular celebration. By the way, I purchased a chakra set of lava stone bracelets for around $10 two months ago, and the beautiful variety of colors have proven useful in many ways. It's also easy to make your own beaded stretch band bracelets too, which has become a favorite craft of mine. Wearing multiple lava bead bracelets, each carrying a different scent, has become my most common jewelry accessory these days. Furthermore, if you search the internet, you'll find a wide variety of Midsummer Night diffuser recipes for essential oils, and these can work well as recipes for pairing your lava stone bracelet collection too. I prefer to use only one scent per bracelet, but I often wear two or three or even four at a time on one or both wrists to blend the scents. It's another easy way to carry the herbal and scent-based correspondences of your daily or weekly intentions around with you, especially on a feast day like this one. For sun-related food, on the other hand, cook some eggs sunny side up for breakfast and prepare lunch or dinner over an open fire or barbecue pit. Brats and burgers and vegetable packets are our family's go-to and we'll often eat in the pool. Amber beers, hard cider, and of course mead make festive drinks, as well as mixers with orange or pineapple juice as a base, and maybe some cranberry juice tossed in for fun. Include orange soda for the kids and oranges themselves for garnishes and snack. Bright orange cheese curls and cinnamon cookies won't go amiss either. Games can include orange or watermelon seed spitting contests over the side of the pool or across the yard. You may be growing some additional fruit there by summer's end, by the way. 
vases of sunflowers on the table and sun or sunflower themed plates, napkins and tablecloths will surely add to the festive spirit. An art project could feature broken or shaved crayons cleverly arranged on paper or cardboard backing and left to melt in the summer sun. Make a music playlist based on Here Comes the Sun and all sorts of other sun and summery songs. And at night, s'mores, of course, and hot dogs cooked over a bonfire will continue the fun well past sundown. Enjoy the bonfire embers, too, as they often spark close-knit camaraderie deep into the night. You know the sort. Long, rambling, funny, nostalgic, profound, and quite possibly drunken conversations that so perfectly end a busy day of play. Also, make sure that guests are welcome to spend the night or have a designated driver if necessary. Then there's theme number two, the fullness of nature at its peak, both plants and animals. This is the green man come to life. Wear as many shades of green as you can muster all together. Chartreuse, olive, juniper, hunter, ivy, khaki, spring, and kelly green all complement each other well at midsummer. And pick woodland and flowery scents, too. Sandalwood or cedar, bamboo, antique, rose, lavender, lime, sage, lemongrass, verbena, and rosemary with everything. Don't be afraid to be elaborate or overlapping, especially if the party is outside, which you want it to be, if at all possible. Decorate your tablescape with potted flowers and herbs, weave ivy around the chairs and patio umbrella, and have an art project that involves making flower garlands for everyone's hair, men and women alike, and a ring toss game with potted herbs as prizes. A whimsical afternoon might even include animal masks or a game of charades based on the silly joy of making animal noises and calls or imitating movements to see who might guess which one of the goddesses' creatures you've drawn. Midsummer is about the height of nature, so celebrate it highly. Or option number three, the moon. For the shortest night of the year, not even eight hours of mischievous play to balance all of those 16 plus hours of sunshine. Whew, make use of the little nighttime we'll have as powerfully as possible and play with deep blues and lavenders. Serve small food, including bonbons and confections, but also small slider sandwiches and light cucumber sandwiches. Roasted corn would do nicely as well. We've made moon cookies shaped in crescents, full moons, and five-pointed stars. And our recipe is a slightly modified version of Silver Ravenwolf's from her classic book, Solitary Witch. Make the dough ahead of time, and then, as a craft, have the kids and willing adults form the shapes before baking them in the oven. There's a simple joy in fresh-baked cookies, and helping in the process makes them all the sweeter. Oh, and don't forget to string fairy lights to attract the fae. In fact, combine any or all of these ideas with upcoming themes number four and number five if you'd like. They all go together well, and we'll discuss these last two next. But first, let's take a brief break before heading into the final half of the podcast. Welcome back to The Cottage. We're talking about the fourth possible theme for you to incorporate into even the smallest gathering or just your own solitary practices. Theme number four, the Fae Folk. 
All summer long, they hold sway. Clever hosts and hostesses might encourage people to dress appropriately and have a little cosplay by providing face paint or colorful cosmetics, temporary tattoos, fingernail polish and nail decals, flower and ivy streamers for hair garlands, and even costume wings for children and adults alike. Encourage fairy naming ceremonies for your guests. Again, you can use the internet for lots of inspiration here. Perhaps write a wide variety of fairy names on folded paper or popsicle sticks. Place them in a fae decorated mason jar and have guests pull their fairy names at random. Also, visit an inexpensive dollar store and shop for tiny garden fairy statues to sprinkle charmingly about the table, the land, and of course in the trees and shrubbery too. Hide them well and have a find the fairies hunt and free-for-all, such as twigs and acorns, and maybe add in glue or glue guns and some moss or shiny stones that you pick up at the dollar store too. When finished, you or your guests can tuck the rustic little furniture and accoutrements into flower pots or your herb garden. Hang a few internet images of similar creations that you've printed and given natural frames to all about the party space as inspiration. Then, as the hidden fairies are found, they can be added to the newly created arrangements. Guests can even choose their own or other favorites as parting gifts. Theme number five for literary folk. Add the moon and the fae to William Shakespeare's classic play, and you have a Midsummer Night's Dream. Some quotes from the play could easily be hung or set about the table and party space to inspire like-minded rhymes and songs. You can include these about nature. Oberon, the fairy king, says this about Titania, his fairy queen. I know a bank where the wild thyme blows, where oxlips and the nodding violet grows, quite over canopied with luscious woodbine, with sweet musk roses and with eglantine. There sleeps Titania sometime of the night, lulled in these flowers with dances and delight. And in another strong nod to whimsical nature, a fairy is going to collect dewdrops and hang them like pearl earrings on the fairy queen's guard, who are compared to the tall cowslip flowers that commonly have one red spot on each petal. In Shakespeare's time, it was common for upper-class men to wear earrings. Shakespeare himself wears a small golden hoop in one of his more famous portraits. Here are those fairies' eight brief lines. And I serve the fairy queen to do her arbs upon the green, the cowslips tall her pensioners be, in their gold coats spots you see, those be rubies, fairy favors, in those freckles live their savors. I must go seek some dewdrops here, and hang a pearl in every cowslip's ear. Shakespeare's play makes this holiday about love, too, as it is quite a romantic comedy. The most famous of these love lines include... The course of true love never did run smooth, which is perfect because Shakespeare's fairies, like Puck himself, are a mischievous bunch. You may want to include a prank or two in your own fairy theme party. Fairies are pranksters. Or use this quote before blindfolding the next participant in a spirited game of blind man's bluff. Love looks not with the eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted blind. Maybe paint this one on a little sign and place it in a pot that features colorful flowers and a sleeping fairy statue.
What angel wakes me from my flowery bed? And finally, a favorite of modern day folk needs to go somewhere in a Midsummer Night's Dream party. It is briefly, yet powerfully, simply this. And though she be but little, she is fierce. Shakespeare's play has a lot of potential for whimsy, romance, colorful cosplay, and naming ceremonies, some moon magic, and lots of fey energy. Don't let the bard intimidate you. Instead, see him as the playful and magical writer that he is, and let his energies empower yours. Well, my fellow mortals, that's it for this warm, summery podcast in the very merry middle of the year. Please share this episode with other like-minded friends. Leave a kind review if you are so moved and sprinkle some midsummer stars over at Apple Podcasts. Next week will be my 10th episode. I'm not sure of the content, but I'm going to have a few listener shout-outs guaranteed, especially if you've given the Cottage Witch a review or have sent me an email. But now, if I've offended you in any way, allow me to end with the immortal words of our friend Robin Goodfellow, better known as Puck, the lead fairy and trickster from A Midsummer Night's Dream. If we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended, that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear, and this weak and idle theme no more yielding but a dream. Gentles, do not reprehend. If you pardon, we will mend. So, good night unto you all. Give me your hands, if we be friends, and Robin shall restore amends. Enjoy the sunshine, everybody, and also each other, and let a little mischief and silly fun into your life this weekend. Thanks so much for visiting me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch, as well as all the Fae folk hereabout. And may your midsummer dreams come true. <laughs>